talk, like wake up, there's teaching, buto. You know, contemplate the point that includes and the, whatever you're experiencing right now, sleepiness or dullness or whatever, it belongs. So your relationship to it is is an opening receptivity rather than starting from some kind of uh, force to try to get rid of or control. <clears throat> so it's like waking up uh, this imminent act of just attentiveness to the present moment It's uh, like stopping the mind from just getting getting caught up with wandering, with just attention. Stop thinking, stop trying to do anything, just observe. Be fully present, allowing whatever is going on to be what it is. Mantra Bhutto. This is this using Bhutto as a reminder. Bhutto, awake. The Buddha is the awakened one. I don't think that is some somebody else. I don't think the Buddha is uh, somewhere else. It's here and now, so this sense of buto, awake. Knowing the Buddha knows the Dhamma, so whatever is happening is Dhamma, you know, it's whatever its quality might be. Relationship is to Dhamma rather than to the quality of the condition, you know, like liking, adding something to it. Like the Sankara is always used to be, in the old days, they defined it as compounded. So you know, you, if you, whatever is happening for you right now, you know, whatever the vipaka karma, the resultant karma of having been born, whatever that might be in this present moment for each one of you. Your relationship to it is embracing receptivity rather than compounding it with something, I like it, I don't like it, I want something else, I I shouldn't feel this way, how do I get rid of sleepiness? Then you're 
you see, you're creating something onto what exists, what is happening now, rather than seeing it in terms of Dhamma. So this awakening, again to repeat myself, but this sense of awakening isn't like a a military command of attention. Like military attention and you go into stiff mode. It's not a commanding, uh, it's not a command or an imperative, it's suggestions. Gentle suggestion of opening, paying attention. So then you can reflect, say, if you're feeling sleepy or dull, and you can, once you accept that feeling, you know, just one way is reflecting on that sleepiness is like this. You know, like you're taking an interest in it. You're letting it be what it is. Sleepiness is okay. You know, it, it is what it is. You're not, not judging it, not giving it, uh, you know, one to ten value judgments. It is exactly what it is at this moment. That's an honest realistic statement, reflection. Right now, this moment can only be this way. Now, just logically speaking, it's at this moment. This moment can only be the way it is. I don't want this moment to be like this. (laughs) And I'm, you know, I'm creating a problem about it. It becomes complicated. Notice how the complaining mind is never content, you know. It's, it's, it doesn't want uh, things to be the way they are because it, you can always imagine them being better than this. You could always imagine yourself as coming in in the morning and feeling full of energy, faith and just bright and uh, attention with good samadhi. And wouldn't that be wonderful, you know, and so then you're discontented with the way it is if that's not, if those conditions aren't present. So this attention is, is a relaxed, receptive, allowing, accepting, these kind of words. 
hopefully convey the pointing to this. And so trusting in this, learning to, this, this relaxing, or faith, the, the, the Pali word sadha suddenly comes to life for me because it's a real act of faith to totally trust in the present moment, to be the knowing, to be the puto, the dhamma, the sangha, to just be this way. You know, when you think about it, then it, it, you know, it, you get into doubt. <laughs> How do I know? I'm mean, what are you talking about? And <clears throat> so, because then you, you're complicating it again. You know, faith is, or sandha is, is this willingness to trust the moment without any guarantee, you know, of getting the result that you would like. You know, we like to, we want security, really, uh, guarantees that if I do this, I'll get the result that I want. But faith is is a willingness to trust in in something you can't guarantee or fix or prove. So then it's trusting... And you get back to this kind of uh, <coughs> difficult way of speaking, trusting yourself, which is not uh, meant as trusting your, your, your personality. really trusting in in the natural ability we have to be aware, to be awake. I was talking to somebody yesterday about growing old and he's getting on to 15 and that was good. To me, that's not very old, actually. <laughs> but the, uh, how the body, you know, gets old, but the mind doesn't. Or consciousness. They, they, you can see when, when people get old mentally, it's because they're, 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 they get stuck with their uh, thoughts, views, and opinions. Like when you're when you're a child, you know you you don't have any. You you just, you're forming them, and and if and if you don't wake up during your lifetime, then by the time you're this age, my age, you're pretty much in a rut of uh, reminiscing about the past, nostalgia, bitterness, fears, death, resenting the the newer younger generation. Uh, 
complaining about uh, not enough facilities for old people and on and on like that, the mind just gets into its obsessions about oneself, <coughs> which is formed in, at an earlier age. Then I notice from from uh, my own practice, you know, that doesn't happen to me because of the of the awakened state. Don't hold on to. I know better than to hold on to ideas, ideals, memories of the past, fears, desires. Resentments and worry. I don't worry. So then, uh, by this kind of practice, you, you're you're recognizing the reality of consciousness, which is quite pure, you know, and, and then without the, the all the uh, things we put into it, you know, we're not, I'm not, I, I, I'm not attaching to the rupa vedana sanya sankara, but resting in awareness. So that has no age to it. It doesn't. It's ageless, and then it does not have any gender to it. Not male or female, or you can't even call it Buddhist. All the conventions cease. You know, they're, they're no longer. They're merely expedient means or conventional. What we call. Uh, uh, conventional reality, samut, samut satcha. So that's the same for all of us, isn't it? That's the leveling factor where we, where the seeming endless separations, divisions, differences that appear to our senses, into our consciousness, that that loses its hold on the the moment. And not coming from the division, from the separateness, but from the unity. That is the same. It's where the leveling factor, where all the differences Cease. All the conditions cease. <coughs> so I have this cold to deal with. And uh, this is Vipaka Kama, isn't it? It's uh, 
having been born into a human body, this is what happened. <laughs> if I hadn't been born, I wouldn't have a cold. <laughs> so this is a way of reflecting on just, uh, say, just having uh, some kind of this physical discomfort, something, you know, personally I don't want it. Personal level, I want to get rid of it. But I'm aware of that. There's an awareness transcending or beyond that holds that, that can see that, not wanting, wanting to get rid of it, because I don't like, personally I don't like having colds, I don't like being sick. I don't like pain and disease and discomfort. I don't like any of that. I'm not prone toward uh, masochism. I'm not the world's greatest pathetic. I don't delight in torturing myself. bit of a failure as an ascetic. But when this is, uh, say, contemplate, vipaka kama, resultant kama, this breathing now is the result of having been born, consciousness result of having been born, this physical body. So, so there's a conscious feeling, sense of sensitive form that has been, you know, born and aging and will die. So that is, so this, in this point between birth and death and we experience the vipaka kama which we be which we open to we respect we allow it to be the way it is so it's not a personal kind of fatal fatalistic resignation like it's my kama kind of way that oftentimes this teaching is held as a kind of resignation to fate. But it's a a reflective, it's a bright reflection on the way it is. Like having a cold is like this. And opening to it, then I don't create the suffering. This is like the cold who belong, just like everything else. If that's what has arisen, that's what's in my conscious, this conscious moment for me, then it belongs.
that includes even my personal distaste and desire to get rid of it. Certainly, even my my personal conditioning is not wanting it, wanting to get rid of it as soon as possible. But then in this awareness, then that's included too. Even the vipaka kama, the vipa vodanha, desire to annihilate or get rid of, is, is accepted. It belongs also. But what I'm pointing to is a receptive embracing awareness rather than attachment to the and if I get attached to the view I want to get rid of my cold, then I suffer if it doesn't, if I can't get rid of it. I get caught up with what, what can, how can I get rid of it? And the mind, again, is the upadana or attachment to the desire to get rid of it. You know, like in, uh, during this retreat, uh, you know, sometimes in the Buddhist world we get this idea you've got to get rid of desire. You know, like you've got to, like a letting go, the insight into the second noble truth, the letting go can, it's easily interpreted and most people interpret it as kind of getting rid of something. Got to get rid of this desire. <clears throat> But that's not the right understanding of that. So letting go of desire is allowing desire to be what it is rather than than holding on to it. This is a a desire realm that we're in. The sense realm. It's like this. It's natural to this state. Desire belongs here. This is what we learn from. Uh, it's the desire, dangha, is a, is a, is a, our teacher, really. So trying to get rid of dangha is a fruitless task, because as soon as you try to get rid of it, then you caught another kind of dangha, whippa dangha. So you see, on a logical, when you think about it, you think dunha is the cause of, you know, dukkha, dunha, suffering, desire. You've got to get rid of them. <clears throat> That's the the logical mind that sees anything that that is bad or not good or causes trouble or pain. We've got to get rid of it the annihilationist mentality. Like, kill the forces of evil, go over and destroy Osama bin Laden and and all those uh, dreadful Taliban fanatics, terrorists. That's Whippa Wadanha, to get rid of them, annihilate them,
And so that seems, you know, in a logical way, that I can understand that. You know, if you kill the pet, get rid of the, the evil forces, put all the criminals in prison, Kill the kill the criminals, capital punishment and whip of We just get rid of them, like genocide, isn't it? Just that group over there, the troublemakers. Let's just get rid of the whole lot. Then the result of that, when I when I do that to myself, when I try to get rid of things, it doesn't work. It, I just delude myself. I spend myself getting more frightened because I'm continually trying to fight off things and bad thoughts or bad moods or pain or negative mental states. I'm trying to fight it all the time. Sometimes I succeed, sometimes I get rid of it, but then it comes back again. And yet, you know, sometimes my warrior tendencies are quite good, and they can actually kill the enemy. But then I come back again. <laughs> because this realm is like this, you know. It's, uh, you can't annihilate something forever. You know, it's not annihilationism is is not eternal. So the very act of Vipawadana creates the conditions for it to arise again. So then the in the puto position this notice the the uh, this awakened Subjectivity. It's absolute subjectivity, isn't it? You know, this is the point you can't get beyond. You can only stop here. The still point. So then in English terms, you could, you could reflect on that as absolute subjectivity. When you put your belief into your personality, then you're, then that's a kind of false subjectivity. Me as a person. Uh, when I become Ajahn Sumedho and operate from, from that perception, I'm ignoring the, the pure subject and, and, and operating from a false subjectivity. So then I'm, you know, I go back into the the habits of being Ajahn Sumedho and and I become this person and the the all the habit tendencies that that uh come from that perception start operating and I see things through a very personal way through personality so it's it's like you're ignoring you forget your true nature and you go into kind of kind of artificial one. It's an artifice. 
your your personality is artificial. That that and so we we become artificial the last way. Unreal. So trusting this is in the pure subjectivity. So then the dhanha, karma dhanha, power dhanha, vipodhanha, the sensual desire, desire for becoming. Meditation can be, you know, just uh, the whole grasping of bhava dhanha, wanting to become enlightened, wanting to become a sotapanna, wanting to become, uh, I mean, it's all no, kind of desirable uh you know, noble ideals that one wants to become, but the grasping of bhavadanha is the very thing that prevents it, prevents that rea- the reality, the, re- the enlightenment, the seeing things clearly. <clears throat> So, Bhava Dhanha is, if this is, you know, this attitude of Bhutto then is one of knowing Bhava Dhanha. It is what it is. No problem. It's not enough, it's not a problem. Dhanha is not a problem. Dhanha is not an obstruction. Dhanha is all right. Dharma dhanha is okay, you know, sensual desire, sexual desire, uh, desire for sense pleasures and all of these are okay, they're all right. This realm is like this. It's sense realm, realm of karma, sensuality, beauty, and, and its opposite, ugliness. So then the Puto knows Dhanha as Dhamma rather than the, than, you know, the Buddha knows the Dhamma. Where when we give our, when we surrender to our personality, then, oh, I've got these desires. I've got I still have these sensual desires. Got to get rid of them. Purify the mind. I uh, still, have, I'm still ambitious. Still want to get enlightened. Uh, still want to be an arahant. 
like I shouldn't do that. And then I shouldn't, I get caught in that cat 22 thing, you know. I shouldn't desire to, I shouldn't desire that, that I should become something. So again, <laughs> it gets all in a twist, doesn't it? So at least my personality can make a real web of confusion. No, no, there's what, what is your relationship to suffering, to desire, to, uh, sensu- sensuality, sexuality, towards pleasure, towards pain, towards Buddhism? How do you see being a monk or a nun? You know, what is, what, is, how do you relate to that? Is something you've got to become. You've got to become this, this ideal monk or nun. Because you're not good enough the way you are, you know, as a lay person, you, you did all kinds of things you shouldn't have and got confused and so forth. So, you could become a monk or a nun and then trying to become. But then this is to be re- reflected upon rather than to be grasped. So you, you can see just uh, how we can misuse the monastic form by grasping it without knowing what we're doing. You know, holding on to it uh, from the personality, from the false, from the artificial self. <clears throat> So then every morning we chant, pay our respect to Buddha Dhamma Sangha as a reflection. What does this really mean? Reminding me. Absolute subjectivity. Awakened, relaxed attention. Where then I can see this desire to become, desire to get rid of, sensual pleasures, desire for sense pleasures. Well, these are, these are normal experiences in this realm. They're, they belong in this realm. This is a sense realm. Why shouldn't you have these kind of things arising and ceasing? You know? So you, you begin to change from the person that wants to become pure by getting rid of impurities to establishing, trusting in the still point of awareness, which is pure in itself. Because you don't become pure, you just learn to trust in the natural state of purity, which is what you really are anyway. Whether you're aware of it or not, that's You've never lost it. 
never really been impure ever. And no matter how many terrible acts you've committed or thoughts or whatever in your life, that is that cannot stain or diminish the purity. So this is something you can really trust. So rather than becoming pure, you find your real home. You go back from this artificial self that you've created. You let go of that and can rest in the pure awareness, the buto. Uh, reflecting on knowing that as we're you know we live in a society where we're all educated so so we think we know a lot and we've studied and have degrees and so forth and we have knowledge that we acquire <coughs> which we're rewarded for you know, can you get respect and praise for being well educated and knowing a lot about all kinds of things. So this is this is uh knowing about something. But the like in uh Panya, Satipanya is has this insight knowledge, jnana dasana, in which it's a Direct knowing. It's not knowing about, it's knowing the way it is. So this is the knowing to trust. It's not, it's not, it's not uh, culturally conditioned, is it? It's, it's intuitive. Now you could know all about Freud and Jung and Adler and all the rest of the great psychoanalysts and the philosophers know all about that and know all about Buddhism but not know directly. So this is a when one studies Buddhism and, and knows about all kinds of its history, its, its uh, development, teachings, Mahayana, Theravada, Vajrayana, all like that, that's knowing about. But this is this is knowing, intuitive knowing, which is not, you know, is not really respected very much in the Western world or anywhere. (laughs) 
it's a natural kind of knowing. It's direct. It's knowing the way it is. So in this awakened, the sense of awakening, that's why we have no fixed position to take. There's no doctrinal position, you know, that you have to believe in Buddha or, or things like this. It's not, it's not operating from a, some kind of faith or belief in something. But it's, uh, it's uh, an encouragement to awaken, to allow wisdom to operate directness is what we 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 it's quite ordinary for for children isn't it They're quite spontaneous not highly uh, programmed to to uh, see things through through artifices or like the the emperor's new clothes fable you know that the the innocent the pure of heart sees the the emperor is a, you know is deluded he thinks he's wearing a of the most beautiful robe he's dark naked the, knows things as they are whether they the general population willing to to go along with the delusion isn't it we're quite you know from just out of fear and ignorance and that we go along with all the delusions of our society you know we, we don't we don't uh, when we lose that innocence it becomes corrupted it's like children can easily be corrupted because they're, they're when they're not wise they're pure and innocent so then wisdom no many we've all been corrupted, so now we're developing we're learning to trust in wisdom so the cold the kind of Discomfort like this. The knowing is the way it is. This uh, focusing that many of you have been doing in the, in the Karuna is a way of kind of doing this and kind of recognizing the way it is in relating to somebody else, in this noticing the way it is. You know, that's a, a, a direct knowing, isn't it? It's not judging or evaluating, uh, criticizing. It's just noticing. The feeling is like this. The body or the, the mood of the mind, the kind of quality of mind, the state of mind that is, that is apparent and the, or the, the sensations in the body, the knots in the abdomen, or the tingling, or whatever, you know, 
You're just there's an unknowing of the way it is. And then notice in in the focusing practice when you actually accept the way it is, sustain and kind of hold it and allow it to be the way it is. What happens? You know they they run their natural course and then they they change it. Or knowing you don't know. You know, this is a lot of things we don't know. So we don't know things, but we know we don't know. This with a direct knowing. You know, like people ask me, what happens when, when you die? You know what? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, somebody asked me questions that I, you know, I can theorize. I can give you Buddhist perspectives and discuss various possibilities. Uh, I have certain preferences, personally. You know, because my, my personality would incline towards one thing rather than another. Like the eternalist view doesn't particularly appeal to me. But... Uh, not on a personal level, but but the but the uh, reality is I don't know. It's not knowing is like this. Because I haven't physically, I haven't died yet, you know. So that's uh, an honest, direct knowing. Where we could, I could give you various people's uh, views about reincarnation and rebirth and all, all like that. <clears throat> so not knowing is like this, isn't it? Where. In fact, that's used as uh, in Zen oftentimes as a practice to to just stop the mind from trying to figure everything out, to get perspective on this desire to figure it all out. These these absurd koans that they use, the nonsense, you know, from the trying to figure them out. Or questions, uh, who am I, and that kind of thing. Questions, uh, stop. Stop, they begin to notice. Uh, don't know. It's like this. So even your doubts and desire to know and now, and all the doubts that you have about yourself, your practice, Buddhism, what you should do in the future, and on like this, I encourage you to use it for not knowing, trusting in the awareness 
not knowing. Don't know mind, isn't it? Don't know. The knowing that right now the the body's like this. This uh, my I became aware of my my hands. My right hand is cupped inside my left hand at this moment. Just aware that suddenly that just became conscious, just by awareness of the posture. Aware of attention in the spinal column and a stiff feeling. The kind of jerky sensations in the, in the shoulders. Where the sound of silence. This is like direct knowing. It's like this. You know, it's not like the stiffness in the spine isn't. It's even the word stiffness makes it sound like it's something wrong. Rather, 